Hello, this is Richard Spangler again with Lions Voice Ministry, and we're going to be talking about two different events here. The first is Gideon. Gideon was the only judge to have an experience with the fire of God. Now, I know many of us think of Gideon as not the best example of a judge, and he wasn't the best example of a human being, but God uses an imperfect people. Gideon, when God first spoke to him, it was a speak, the angel appeared to him and spoke to him and said, you know, you mighty man of valor. Go and destroy the Midianites. Rise up. And, and Gideon going, who, me? <laughs> How many of us, when, we, when God has called us to do something, go, who, me? And yet at the same time, we put out, we follow over the example of Gideon, the fleeces and everything else that goes on, the conversations between him and God saying, God saying, I will go with you. Gideon has a personal commitment, a covenant from God that God will go with him. And there's a, and finally he says, oh, God says, go get the sacrifice. Go, here's what you do. You take, you make a sacrifice. You get the meat. You make a broth. You put the meat on the rock. You pour the broth over it. And then the angel of the Lord touches the, 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 the meat and the fire of God comes out and consumes the sacrifice. The example is very specific. It says the fire of God comes out of the rock. Not a fire. The fire of God. The very presence, manifest presence of God shows up. The power of God's love shows up and consumes the sacrifice. Gideon, in spite of what God has told him, hits the ground and says, Lord, I, I've, seen, I've seen God. I've seen the angel of the Lord. I'm going to die. And God says to him, no, get up and go do what I told you to do. How many of us when God says, go do something, we go, God, I'm going to die. And God says, get up and go do what I tell you to do. The fact remains that Gideon did what God told him to do. And he had other problems as he, as he finished what he was told. He had his issues with the, with, with, with the battles and everything. He had issues with, with following God after he was named a judge of Israel and a ruler of Israel. And he did a lot of things wrong, but to his credit, when they came to him and said, we want you to be king, he said, no, I don't want that. I don't want to be a king over anyone. And he continued to to do things that he his job was done. His presence of God had lifted because in those days the Spirit of the Lord came upon and the Spirit of the Lord left. But he had an experience with God that lasted him a lifetime because the fire of God appeared to him. The voice of God spoke to him. A manifestation of the presence of God was there. You have the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three represented at this point in Gideon's life. And he goes and does and gets a great victory and delivers the nation of Israel. Now, the next, time, the next part of what we're going to talk about where the fire of God is seen is the temple dedication. In 2 Chronicles chapters 5, 6, and 7, this is the dedication of Solomon's temple. This was a milestone event in the life of Israel. It's not only a dedication of a temple, but it was also a renewal of covenant between God and Israel. In chapter 5, Solomon gathers all the leaders of Israel. All the leaders of the tribes and their families, of uh, the Israelite families, and brings up the Ark of the Covenant. All the priests and Levites are there regardless of their rank. So Solomon brings together both the spiritual leadership and the natural leadership of Israel for this dedication. The spiritual and the physical authorities together to dedicate and renew covenant. This is powerful when you have the two 
representations of God. The, the governmental leadership and the spiritual leadership with the priests and the Levites coming together as one. You have a powerful, powerful unity. And at this point, uh, as the priests and Levites are worshiping in unity, the temple is filled with God's presence. It's filled with a, a cloud of God's presence, and it's so thick that the priests could not perform their service. This is the first manifestation of God. It's a manifestation of power. It's a manifestation of glory. And Solomon's reaction in, in 2 Chronicles 6 is as he's looking at this, he says, This is what the Lord said he would dwell in the dark in a dark cloud and he says I have built a magnificent temple for you a place for you to dwell forever Solomon says this while he's facing the temple the statement is made in awe of what Solomon is seeing this thick cloud covering the temple that no one can can do anything but just be in awe of what God is doing and then he continues in verse 3 of Second Chronicles 6, Solomon turns to the people and blesses them. He does this by reciting the promises of God uh, that God has fulfilled to Jerusalem, to King David, and to himself. And the fulfillment of all those promising, promises is the blessing that he declares over his people. He didn't pray a blessing. He just reminded them of what God has done and how God has kept his promises. So it's an amazing recitation. You could say it's a prayer of what God has done. And there, it's an amazing time for the people to have their faith renewed in the God Almighty. And then in verse 12 of chapter 6, Solomon begins his dedication prayer by saying, There is no God like, our God, like God. And Solomon says he thanks God for a covenant of love. I want to stop there for a minute and expand on that. Solomon is speaking about a covenant of love. This is at the dedication of the temple. We somehow, there's a thinking that the Old Testament is all about law and God's judgment when you break the law. Solomon states that God's servants, this is a covenant of law. So all the law, all the sacrifices, and the temple itself are a reminder of God's covenant of love with his people. Unfortunately, they kind of forgot that part over time. They forgot the part of God saying it's a covenant of love. It's a key thing that we need to understand today that God's love. Unfortunately, most ministers and teachers, whether it's in a local church or Bible colleges, do not bring this out. The covenant of love is not really taught at this point. And we're understanding that this is, this is something that God does right here, right now, in this time. He declares through Solomon there is a covenant of love. Once again, Solomon declares his great, the greatness of God in 2 Chronicles 6.18, saying, who God can't, Can God really dwell with humans? He said, The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less the temple I have built, Solomon says. He says, May your eyes be open towards the temple day and night, that, you, that you've placed your name here. May you hear the prayers of your servants. May you hear the supplications of your people Israel when they pray in this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place and hear and forgive. So Solomon actually at this point lists the things that will happen when Israel turns from God and their need to ask for forgiveness. And Solomon is asking in advance for God to forgive and restore. Then in the midst of this, there's a stop. While God is going through all this of 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 for Israel, 
He says, As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people, but comes from a distant land that comes to, because of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when they come and pray towards this temple, verse 33, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Do whatever the foreigner asks you so that the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as your, as your own people Israel and that they may know this is the house that I have built that bears your name. This is a divinely inspired pause in the midst of praying for Israel. God is asking for the foreigner to come and that was not normal in that day's culture. It is it, it's a, it's a, it's again a sign of God's heart that all the people are to know him and to fear him. Sadly, some believers like Israel believe that they are the chosen people of God and the rest of the world is not. It's a kind of an us for no more attitude. That's what gripped Israel. They got to the point where they made it very hard for anyone outside of Israel to come and know God. But God wants everyone to know his salvation and love him. He wants to forgive everyone's sin. For every person who repents and asks for forgiveness through his son, Jesus will be forgiven. Case closed. Israel was to be a kingdom of priests, and priests were to point people to God. They were to point the people of the earth to God. Sadly, Israel never fulfilled this appointment by God. God has appointed the church to be a royal priesthood to fulfill this appointment, to point the peoples of the earth to God. Now, after the statement about the, 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 the stranger and from foreign lands, God, Solomon continues and asks God to hear the prayers of Israel and to forgive and to restore. And he finishes by prayer by asking God to come again. Not only is this a prayer, prayer, but it's renewing a covenant made with Israel at Mount Sinai. There's an immediate response from God. In Second Chronicles 7, when, when Solomon finishes praying, fire comes down from heaven and consumes the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord fills the temple. The priest could not enter because of the glory of the Lord. We see here the fire of God consuming the burnt offices and the glory of God. We, we've already seen the cloud, and now we're seeing the fire and the glory manifested, manifested again. Three separate manifestations of renewing the covenant and accepting the Israel. The nation saw the fire coming down from heaven, and then they saw the fire flooding the temple and consuming the sacrifice. And then when everything is complete, God appears to Solomon in 2 Chronicles 7. This is the one we know and understand. He responds to Solomon's prayer from 2 Chronicles chapter 6. Let's him know that I've chosen the temple. And he says, if I shut up the heaven, no rain falls. Or if I command the locusts to the barrel land, I send pestilence upon my people. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. He actually reaffirms the prayer of Solomon by repeating it back to Solomon. And God tells Solomon that he will establish his throne there for faithfully before the Lord. There is a but. If Solomon turns away, then God will, God will uproot Israel. God shows the consequences when leaders do wrong. When leaders do wrong, they set the example for the nation, and the nation follows the leader to, into sin and destruction. Sadly, this happened over and over and over again. In Israel, and it started with Solomon. The same thing happens today. When leaders turn from God and do what is wrong in his sight, the nation follows. So we've seen five different times where the fire of God has been manifested. 
and the, and the lives of God's people from Abraham to Moses to Mount Sinai to Gideon to the temple dedication there's a sixth time which we will talk about next week the the fire of God the Mount Carmel experience with Elijah and then we will move into the New Testament the fire the manifestation of the fire of God and what it means for us today and throughout the time of the church age and beyond so we're going to this is powerful here we have manifestation after manifestation multiple manifestations every time there's a covenant made there's a multiple or renewal of covenant there's multiple manifestations from god saying yes i'm doing this yes i'm with you yes i'm going to be with you and in our lives there are multiple manifestations and i want to just say one thing if you're going through a time a rough time a discouraging time do what Solomon did. If it's a time of celebration, do what Solomon said. Go back and re remember what God has done in the past. Remember the promises that he's answered. Remember when he healed you. Remember when he delivered you. Remember when the finances showed up that you weren't expecting. Remember those things and go forth in the Lord. Go forth into the next thing God's calling you to. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God. We ask you to bless those listening. We ask you to minister to them in a mighty and powerful way. Lord God, we ask that you bring the fire of God into their life in a new and powerful way. That passion would be stirred up to go forth and to share you with people. To bring people into the kingdom of God as you commanded us to do. Lord God, we ask that you minister to everyone. Lord, there are some listening who need healing. Lord, we declare your healing power right now, for you are a God who heals. We release healing now into those bodies. We will release health and wholeness to those who are feeling weak. We will pray your strength into them, that they will be able to run and not grow weary, and to walk and not faint. We declare your provision that you are Jehovah Jireh. We declare that you're going to bless and bless abundantly. Lord God, we agree right now. Lord, we have pray for our nation, God, and they, that they would turn back to you. Our leaders would turn back to you, stir their hearts to walk in righteousness. God, help them to do what is right. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you until next time. Bye-bye.